Welcome to the Beautifully Broken Me podcast, and I'm your host, Takia Goodwin, and this is the place where we come to unpack our baggage, be transparent, and most importantly, heal. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming back to listen to episode four. I know it's been about two months since my last episode. You know, I'm all about transparency and honesty. So honestly, I have been going through my own healing process. I'm trying to figure things out for my own life, going through a transition period in my life um, and just trying to settle into that. I'm going from being comfortable to uncomfortable, so I've been going through growing pains as well. But thank you for your patience, but we are back and better than ever, honey, okay? So we are here for episode four, which is entitled Beautiful, Sexy, and Divorced. Yes, dare I say the D word, divorce. Yes, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into the tea, honey. I'm spilling all the tea about my own divorce, hopefully to encourage someone else that's um, thinking about going through the process, that is going through the process, um, or just recently divorced, or even maybe you've been divorced for a long time, but you're just having a hard time adjusting back into your singleness. You know, when we hear the word divorce, especially if we're married or in a healthy relationship, we kind of look at the couple as if something is wrong with them. Why didn't you love your partner enough to make it work? Why couldn't you make it work? Why would you just walk away? Um, A lot of married people will tell you, you know, you fight, you fight, you fight, and you stay together, whether it's for the kids, whether it's for the church, whatever your reasons, whether it's for financial reasons, you stay together, you made a commitment, you make it work. But what do you do when you've done all that you can do and you can no longer make it work or you're just unhappy? Do you stay in that marriage? Um, you know, because you don't want to deal with the divorce because divorce, it can be simple sometimes and sometimes it can be really, really, really ugly. So instead of going through that ugliness, we just stay in a broken relationship, which we know that is not healthy at all, right? Um, divorce is like, you know, once you're a divorcee, you kind of like walk around with this scarlet letter. You're stuck, you're stamped with this D. You know, I have recently... Uh, I was filling out an application uh, for something and it asked for my marital status. And I was, I stared at it for a while and, you know, I've been divorced, officially divorced since 2017. So that's about um, four, in July, be four years. So it's like, do I still check the divorce box or do I say I'm single? You know, it was something so simple, but for me, it was like, so confusing. You know what I mean? Um, divorce has a lot of effects, right? Your financial status is affected, uh, your living status. Uh, if there's children, your children, um, family, friends, you lose friends. Um, sometimes people feel like they have to pick a side. It can get really ugly. It can get really lonely. Um, you know, so we we are going to get all into my own personal experience with divorce, you know, how I got through it, um, you know, how hard it was, 
how did I get back into, you know, being single, into the single life, and uh, what my relationship is at this moment with my ex-husband. So sit back, grab your wine, and let's sip and talk. So let's jump right on in. It's story time, ladies and gentlemen. I was married in um, 2012, November 2012, and I married someone that I knew for um, a few years. I didn't really, really know the person. We just went to the same church together. Um, We were not friends. He's 12 years older than me, so that's like a whole nother generation. So we didn't hang out. Um, But in 2011, um, thanks to Facebook, we kind of just, I don't even know how it happened. We just kind of crossed paths and kind of built a little friendship from there. We dated, we broke up. 2012, after I released um, my book, we had got back together again. And at that point in time, we decided to get married. We decided that that's what we wanted. Um, It wasn't a lot of thought into it. We really didn't like date. We really didn't take the time to get to know each other. We just got back together and we just jumped right on in into planning this wedding. And I would probably say it was more so me because I was very excited. I was 31 at the time. And the guys my age, you know, either they had kids, they didn't want any more kids, um, and they for sure was not talking about marriage. So when I found this older guy who had been married before, he had um kids, um, way too many kids for me, but you know, I kinda um just like threw that in the back of the wind and it's like, no, this is my husband. Um he was a minister in our church, which drew me in even more because, you know, growing up in a church, that's what you're taught. You're supposed to marry somebody. Um not just of the Christian faith, but somebody that's actively in church, somebody that's saved. So I figured, you know, he's so different from anybody else that I've dated. You know, he's saved. He, you know, he know the word of God. This has to be my husband. He, this is just my husband, right? So fast forward, we get married and immediately, I would say on my honeymoon night, it felt so strange. It felt weird. Something I can't explain. It didn't feel natural. And, um, you know, I paid it no mind. And throughout, we were married for two years, um, together for two years. So the time that we were together, I spent a lot of time in my marriage alone. At first, when we first got married, he worked three jobs. And, you know, one in the day, one in the evening, and one on the weekend. And I had to kind of say, you know, listen, we're married and I can't, this not going to work with me being home all the time. So he quit the weekend job. But, you know, during the week, he was still going. By the time he came home at night, I was in the bed. So it didn't take, you know, we didn't have a lot of time getting to know each other, enjoying the marriage. Um, you know, just stressed out financially. Of course, I wanted a baby so bad. So we kind of jumped right into that, trying to make a baby. There were um, complications in that. But, um, you know, all glory goes to God. I was able to conceive and I conceived in um, September 2013. And I went through my pregnancy. I had a very difficult pregnancy. It was very hard. Um, So I was on bed rest from the time that I was about four and a half, five months up until I gave birth. And again, I was home alone. Um, You know, he didn't cater to me. 
Um, he didn't really help much with the bills. It was a lot of tension and, you know, but this was my marriage. So I figured, you know, I never struggled financially until I got married and the struggle was real. And I kept thinking like, why are, why am I struggling this much in my marriage? I thought that it was supposed to get better when two people come together, but it just got worse. I was so unhappy, you know, but I loved him and, you know, this is my marriage. This is a choice that I made. So I was going to make it work. Once my son came into the picture, um, I've wide open at this point. I started paying attention, you know, to little things um, that I probably ignored before we got married or early on and or at least the first year of our marriage. Now, because we have an extra mouth to feed, I have to protect my son. This is my baby that I pray for that God blessed me with. And certain things was just not okay. So I had to I started to put my foot down, I guess, in a sense, and I was like really hard on him. And it, there were certain things that I expected. I expect for you to come home from work at a decent time. You know, he was still, you know, at this point he quit his second job, but he still had his first job, but he still would come home late. He would go to the gym. If he come home, he would be in the bathroom for like a really long time. I was left with the baby a lot on my own. You know, there were times where... I remember my son was sick. Um, he was about four months. He was in the hospital and his dad left the hospital. You know, I was like, you know, you're so tired, you know, just go home. You could go ahead and go home. And when I tried to contact him and say if he got home safe, he was in the gym. Um, so it was things like that that made me angry. And I just felt like this is not the man that I thought I married. This is not what I wanted. You know, but again, you know, I, I spent that time praying, seeking God. I spent a lot of time in my house just crying, unhappy, sad. We argued about everything. We didn't get along. Um, There were issues with his children and me. Things just really, you know, really got bad. And I just prayed. And I'm like, God, this is not supposed to be, you know. I remember when um, I went to a church service and my son was probably about maybe three months or something like that. And my godmother preached. And I remember she called me out um, to pray for me. And she whispered in my ear and she was prophesying. And she said to me, you got this, you got the husband and you got the baby, but you still feel like you're missing something. And I boohooed and cried because I still felt empty. I still felt lonely. And I felt like all my life, I just, I was chased. I've been chasing love, right? And I thought the ultimate goal in life was for me to get married and have a baby and my life would be complete. I would have everything that I wanted. I had the baby. I had my husband and I still wasn't, like, I still wasn't, I still was missing something. I don't want to say that I wasn't happy, but I was missing something, you know. Um, towards the end of the year, I had brought to my ex-husband, I'm like, you know, how about we move to Georgia and let's buy a house. And because Georgia has, I've always wanted to move to Atlanta. And he agreed. Um, and you know, so that gave me hope, like, you know, I'm, my marriage is going to be saved. Everything's going to be okay. And in January, 2015, something happened and I can't tell you what happened. I can't even tell you exactly when it happened, but there was like such a disconnect. Something broke within my marriage to the point that 
we were not even speaking to one another. Uh, if it had nothing to do with my son, we wouldn't even speak. And um, like me and my son would leave. I would leave for work early in the morning. It was still dark outside. He wouldn't even walk us to the car. It was really bad. And we were going through um, process of eviction. And I ended up getting the money to save the apartment. But I felt like he wasn't doing enough. Like he didn't care. He was, you know, we're your family. You're supposed to provide, make sure that we're safe, make sure that we're okay. And he wasn't doing that, you know. So I said, I'm just going to let it go. He decided to get a room. I moved in. Me and my son moved in with my sister. And um, that February, at some point, we separated. It wasn't even a discussion. I don't even... We didn't sit down and say, listen, we're going to separate. We're going to take this time. It's like it just happened. And for me, I feel like the eviction for him was like a relief. Because now he didn't have to deal with this new family that he had. Throughout my marriage, I always would tell him, you have two families. He had his mom and his children, and then he had me and my son, and that's how he treated us. Like There were times when his children would come up, and um, they would visit, or he would go out with his older children, and he would not let me tag along. It was a big such to-do, and I remember the one time I was pregnant that I did go out with them to dinner. I felt like an outcast, like I didn't belong. And um, he kept telling me, no, it's, you know, it's no big thing. Um, and then he would just have me and Brendan, you know, it was just two separate families. And I felt that and I didn't want my son to grow up and feel that, you know. So we ended up splitting up, you know, we had this um, you know, and then at some point he ended up saying, you know, the marriage is not what he wanted and, you know, it's not what he want anymore. And he just, you know, wanted to move on. You know, he wasn't happy. He needed to be by himself, all of this other stuff. And at one point I was like, you know, okay, I can't fight it no more. If that's what you want, I'm going to give you what you want. But I didn't want a divorce. I wanted to be with him. And it wasn't even like I felt like... I, I couldn't live without him. I felt that I had to hold on to him because, um, you know, I, I didn't want to be embarrassed. People told us before we got married that we shouldn't get married. People told him I wasn't for him. People told me he wasn't for me. So I wanted to prove people wrong, you know. Um, I didn't want to raise my child in a two, you know, in a single-parent household. I wanted both parents in the house. So I was trying to hold on to it. Um, I was so hurt and so broken that he didn't want me. Throughout my marriage, I had gained so much weight. So I was so big, like pushing 300 pounds. Um, my son was only eight months. I remember coming home from work every day. My sister gave us her room. So it was this chair she had in her room. I would come home every day. I would still have on my coat my baby bag on one arm, my bag on one arm. Sometimes I would put the baby down in his playpen. Sometimes my sister would take him as soon as I came in the house. Sometimes I would have him sitting on my lap. But I would sit in this chair. I did this for about every day for about three to four weeks. And I would cry. And I would just sit and cry. I didn't even have the words for God because I was so broken. I was so confused as to what happened. I, I I couldn't even tell you what happened to break my marriage because I didn't know. But I was determined to fight for him. You know, so I tried every day. You know, I called him. 
I would text him every day. He didn't want to be bothered. He wouldn't talk long. He wouldn't really pick up the phone. You know, he wouldn't text back sometimes. He wouldn't come see his son. Um, He was just living his best life. You know, I felt like it was like a burden lifted from him. He didn't have the financial responsibility. You know, he wasn't helpful financially when we lived together. So he really wasn't helpful financially when we separated um, I had gotten pregnant that May, um, you know, because he came over one night and of course we were still married. So we did what married people do. And um, a month later, I thought it was just my menstrual cycle and I was just bleeding extra heavy, but I was in really bad pain for like three days. I finally decided to go to the hospital. And when I went to the hospital, they let me know that I was miscarrying. And of course, I called him and let him know, you know, I had a miss, you know, I had a miscarriage. I had to stay in the hospital to do a DNC and all this other stuff. And he did not care. He didn't come over to make sure I was okay. He didn't come over to spend time with his son just to help me, you know, because I'm recovering from um, having a miscarriage. And to be quite honest, I didn't even feel anything. Like, I didn't feel sad because I just felt like, I can only imagine what it would be like if I had two of his children going through this process with him. You know, I thought he just needed time and that we would get back together. So I remember telling him, you know, I found the apartment and, you know, are you coming to live with us? And he told me no. He would have rather lived in a room than live in an apartment with his wife and his child. For my son's first birthday, um, I gave him, I took him to the zoo that day. That evening, we had a party for him at my sister's house, just my close family. And um, one of his brothers came. His father did not show up till about 10, 30. He missed the whole party, the cutting of the cake up for his son's first birthday. He missed everything. And then when he came, he wanted to rush out. So I had a feeling something was, you know, wasn't going right. But, you know, I let it go. So I fought. You know, um, there was times, there was periods where I was fighting, hanging on, and then there was times I would give him his space. And about September, October 2015, him and I were on the phone having a conversation, and I asked him, was he seeing anybody? And um, long story short, he admitted to seeing somebody, which I already knew because God had showed me in a dream, me and the female were fighting and um over a guy but in the dream I couldn't see who the guy was and when I woke up I thought it was kind of strange and um lo and behold he admitted to um he didn't even admit I had to ask him you know he didn't want to tell me who it was and I said her name so because God already prepared me for it and um when he told me I flipped out because this is somebody um she's my age we know each other we are not friends. We were never really friends. I would never call her my friend, but she's somebody that I know that if I saw her in the street, I would say, hey girl, what's up? How you doing? And at the time, we were also friends on Facebook. So at that time, all the stuff that I was going through, my ups and downs, I would just post everything. So you're seeing my post, you know, as you spend time with my husband. Um, That kind of threw me for one. I remember running into the bathroom, turning on the water, crying so hard, and I fell on my knees. I was so hurt. I was crushed. I felt betrayed. I didn't understand it. The next few days was like a blur. I cried every single day. I cried at work. I had to call out from work because I just couldn't function. Thank God for my sister and my brother-in-law 
who kind of stepped in to help with my son because it was hard. Um, no lie, I tell you, I ended up getting her number because I called around for it because I'm like, nah, me and her going to have some words. And I straight up, no lie, I told homegirl, I said, when I catch you, I am going to drag you all through the Bronx because you playing with me. You disrespected me. And um, I remember one time she posted on Facebook um, something about spending a day with my kids or at the movies with my kids and my boo. And my heart, I knew she, I don't know why, but I knew she was talking about my ex. And, um, you know, so I felt like you disrespected me right in my face. You know, my uh, friends of mine did some research you know how we do. So she went through, you know, the both of their Facebook page, paying attention to comments that, of course, I never paid attention to. And we kind of saw the exchange that this was going on for a little minute, you know. And in speaking with him, everybody knew. My pastor knew. Um, his ex-wife knew. Everybody knew but me that he had moved on. And here I am praying and crying for my marriage um, the week that I found out, he went out of town to see his children, and he ended up taking her. He didn't think I would find out, but I found out, and that was a smack in the face. And I was calling her, and I was threatening her, and I was threatening him, and he was taking her side. And I was like, wait, hold up. I'm your wife. And um, one night, I, I remember coming home, and I was listening to Travis Green's album, and I began crying and I began praying and I was bonding the hand of the enemy. You will get your hand off my marriage. I'm fighting for my marriage. And I told the other woman, I said, listen, I'm going to fight for my marriage. And if that means physically or spiritually, I'm fighting. So um, be ready, sis. And um, I remember one night the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And when I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit, and I know it was God at that moment. I let go because it was what the Holy Ghost had spoke to me. I had to let go. And I said, you know what? All right, I'm going I'm to let it go. I'm going to let him go. And at that point, my healing journey has started. My healing journey has been painful. It has been complex. Um, there has been so many twists and turns, you know, when I first started healing, I thought that I just had to heal from my marriage, but I realized during that time that I was, I needed to heal from childhood hurt and trauma, and then the trauma that I caused myself into my early adulthood, I had issues for years, I blamed a lot of my issues uh, all of my issues on my dad. Um, the fact that, you know, he was in and out and then he wasn't there. Everything was, you know, his fault. And then God had to reveal to me, I didn't only have issues with my father. I had issues with my mom that, um, I never addressed and I needed to address. In 2000, the end of 2015, about December, I moved into an apartment. So it was just me and my son. And, um, you know, Christmas came, nothing from my ex. Um, my son's birthday, which is in June, came around, you know, his second birthday. And we had to have a conversation. You know, he didn't call. He didn't come over. He didn't buy a gift. And I had to call him that night. And I told him, listen, you have two choices. 
you could, you either going to be there for your son and you're going to be in his life and you're going to be consistent or you're not going to be in his life at all. But what you won't do is pick and choose when you feel like being a parent because that is not fair to me and most importantly, it's not fair to my son. Clearly, he chose um, the latter. He decided not to be a part of his life. And I think the thing that hurt me the most is the female that he was dating, she had children. She had a son and a daughter. So you can move in with somebody else with their children and spend time with their children and do activities with their children. Call her children your children, but you neglect your son. You are not in your son's life. My son does not have a relationship with anybody from his father's side. He has not met um, any of his his siblings when he was younger. But, um, you know, so he doesn't know any of his siblings. He does not, he has never met his grandmother, his great-grandmother. You know, so as a single parent, that's something that I deal with now, which I will probably get into later in another podcast episode. So I'm raising my son the best way I know how. I'm going through this separation process, you know, because I felt like I went through a very public divorce. It wasn't something that I could hide and say, I don't want to tell nobody. And then we're divorcing. Like everybody know, we know so many of the same people, all three of us, me, him and her know the same people. Everybody know they're putting up posts about their relationship and what they're doing and da 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 and um, I felt like I was left to look crazy. I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed because first and foremost, people said it wasn't going to let. Let me tell you, people boycotted our wedding. That's how bad it was that the wedding was boycotted. It was so many people that were supposed to be in it on his side that dropped out. So many people on his side that didn't come. It was terrible. So to go through that and then... Two years later, we're going through a divorce. It was embarrassing, you know. And in my eyes, I feel, you know, he left me for another woman. And as a woman, that's a hard pill to swallow, you know. So there were women that I went to church with that was divorced. And um, I never seen them date again. Um, A lot of them never remarried. And I felt like a lot of them were bitter and I had refused to be bitter because at one point I was angry. I was angry with God because I said, why would you allow this? Why would you allow me to marry this man and you knew that it wasn't going to work? Why would you bring my son into this world and then rip my family apart right after that? Um, You knew that this was going to happen. I was angry with my church. Um, Because at one point, my pastor, we were both really close to my pastor. And at one point, um, you know, so he knew everything that was going on. And at one point, you know, he would do, my ex would be on the prayer line. And I was so mad. And I was like, he gets to leave his family, abandon his family, do whatever he doing. And he still could get on this call and pray for people. I was done. You know, I felt like nobody in my church reached out to me. There were um, girls that I was cool with in my church that just like wasn't there at all. And this was people who like when they were going through, they go through with their relationship or going through a divorce. Like I was there for them. And I felt like nobody was there for me at all. 
you know, um, so I became angry and I just cut a lot of people off and I felt like, um, it probably was my own thoughts. I felt like people were being two-faced, like they would be on my page, like, oh, you're doing a single mother thing. You do. I'm so proud of you, blah, blah, blah. And then they would go onto his page and then say things to him. And I'm kind of like, you know, it's not nice to pick a side, but then I felt like, no, you need to pick a side because this, like, he's not living right. And y'all, like, condoning him. I felt like there was nobody in his life to say, yo, what you doing? Like, you left your wife and your child. And even if you leave your wife, great, you can leave me. But your child? And that's what I had a hard time um, with, that he left his child, you know? So going through my journey, you know, he was supposed to, I told him, you want a divorce, you pay for the divorce, you file a divorce. I'm not doing it because I didn't believe in divorce and I still don't, you know, I'm not a big advocate on divorce and, you know, I never saw this for myself. I'm pretty sure a lot of people, you get married, you get married for forever. A lot of people never saw divorce as even an option. So, um, here I am trying to be a single mother and pick my life up. I felt lost. I felt like I was dropped and like a deserted, on a deserted island and I had to find my way home. And I had no idea. I had no idea where I wanted to live, what I wanted to do. You know, at one point I didn't want to date. I didn't want to marry again because I'm like, I never want to be hurt again. Like I never want the pain of losing love again. I don't want to do it. And then, um, during that time, God started to reveal certain things to me in my dreams. And it started with, um, I won't get into details because they're just sacred, they're mine. But um, it was one dream in particular, two dreams that I could think of right now that in particular, I felt like a pure love. It's something that I can't describe. It, it was mind blowing. And I felt that love. And then God started working on my heart. And then I felt like after some time, you know what? I want to love again because I deserve it. I realized that my husband wasn't for me. He wasn't my forever, nor was I his. Because if we were, then it would have worked. Um, I don't know if he was given to me because I begged God for it to work because I just wanted to be married and I thought I was making the right choice. I don't know if he was sent to me just so my son could be born and that I don't regret. I will go through all of that drama, hurt and pain a thousand and one times if it meant that I get to walk away with my child. So, um, you know, but I learned a lot of things about myself. I learned that number one, I was not ready to be a wife. It takes a lot of work. It's a lot of hard work, um, a lot of hard work. Um, you have to be selfless in a marriage. Um, it's not just about what I can get. It's about what can I give. It's about giving grace, um, loving someone unconditionally and not just loving them, loving them with the love of Christ. You know, And there was a lot of times in my marriage that I honestly said to myself, like, I got to deal with this for the rest of my life. Like, I didn't want to, but I felt like I made this commitment, but it was like, this is not what I want, you know? And I felt like, although it didn't happen the way that I probably would want it to happen, but I felt like God gave me a way of escape. And I had stopped looking at my marriage as this is just the end and it's over. And one day it hit me like, I get to do this all over again and I get to do this the right way. I get, cause my wedding was a disaster, horrible. 
So I get, I hated the way I looked in my wedding dress. I have no pictures. It was a mess. So I get to do this over again. I get to really fall in love with the person that I'm meant to love. And this time it's going to be awesome because I've gone through this healing process. I'm not the broken little girl that I was when I got married at 31 years old. You know, I get to have my dream wedding. I get to do all of the thing, all of the things that I didn't do the first time. I get to do that again with the person that God has ordained me to be with. So I started to get excited. And at first, I started dating a little bit, nothing serious. And then um, I decided to stop. Um, I think in 2016, towards the end of 2016, I kind of decided to chill. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop dating. And I'm going to just be by myself because... You know, I wanted to move down south and I knew that if I moved, I didn't want to take the old tequila with me. I wanted to be new and I needed to figure some things out. And um, I worked through my issues with my mom. Me and my mom and my sister sat down. I think this was in 2018. We sat down. We had a talk. We got through some things and God healed that area um, he, you know, he started work. At, he started showing me myself, myself in relationships and things like that. And of course, there was some slips and falls during the process. You know, sometimes you know I got caught up in situations or whatever. But I was able to get myself back up and get focused again. I had got back into therapy, and um, I realized during the time that I was separated, it was like three guys that I kind of um you know, kind of just was in my life at different times. And although I would have never married any one of them or been in a serious relationship with any one of them, from each situation, I got what I wanted out of a relationship, what was important to me and and things that I needed that I didn't know, that I didn't even realize the first time. I just felt like, oh, as long as he's saved, that's it. You know what I mean? And it was so much more than that. And I realized in marriage, your marriage should always reflect the love of Christ. We get married just, you know, to get married. I love this person. I want to spend the rest of my life with this person, not realizing that within your marriage, there's a purpose. People should look at your marriage and see God. You know, they should see how Christ loved the church through your marriage. And, you know, I wasn't thinking like that when I got married. You know, um, I had to watch my ex love on somebody the way that I wanted him to love on me when we were together. He never took me anywhere. When I tell you our date nights consisted of like the movies and Applebee's for the most part. That was it. I never went to fancy restaurants. I never got nice gifts, anything. And I had to watch them go on vacation. Other than our honeymoon, we never went anywhere. I had to watch, you know, he took took her down south to see his children um, they went on vacation together. They took trips together, nice restaurants together. Um, a lot of things that I had to watch, you know, and that was hurtful because it made me look at myself like I wasn't worth that. I'm not good enough, you know. Um, and I knew that I had to get myself together. Like I said, I refused to be bitter. I wasn't going to be bitter, Betty. That was not going to be my testimony. He was not going to leave me at 300 pounds. Um, while he with somebody that's a little thinner, like I had to get me together and I worked so hard mentally, spiritually. Um, I had started going back to church. Um, I didn't go back to my church and that, that was definitely a church hurt that, um, I don't even know if I would ever address that, but there was definitely a church hurt. 
And um, I had started to reconnect with God again. And I started going to my sister's church and um, I felt alive again. And God surrounded me with such dope friends. I have three friends and I'm going to shout them out. Kelly, Liesta, and Courtney. They helped me get through my separation, especially in the beginning, um, because it was heartbreaking. I had no idea what I liked, what I wanted. And hanging out with my girls, I found myself. I started to have fun again, dressed in a way that... um, you know, I just felt like when I was married, like this old lady, like I just felt so whack, you know, and after my separation, I just felt good again, you know, and my divorce was finalized, you know, of course, he didn't file the papers, nor did he pay for the divorce. In 2017, January, I said enough is enough. I'm tired of having this man's last name. Um, You know, of course, we went through child support issues. That's another story in itself. And, um, you know, I gave him chance after chance to be a father, um, to give money without going to court, all these other things. He was so caught up in the life that he had. I just didn't want no parts of it. And I told him, you know, this woman right now is your mistress. If you die today or tomorrow, everything is in my hands. You know what I mean? Like, she will not be included. She's your mistress. Love her enough to want to give her more. Divorce me, you know? He went and get the papers together. So finally, I said, you know what? I'm doing it. I filed the papers. And it was a lot. Of, it's a headache. It's a lot of back and forth. I'm running back and forth to the court. It, it was a headache. But I did it. And my divorce was finalized in 2017. And when I tell you, I felt so free. I was so excited. I was so happy. Honey, I went and had a divorce party. You hear me? Me and my girls got together and we have fun. And a lot of people couldn't understand that because divorce is supposed to be sad and somber. And, you know, I guess they expected me to be sitting around, you know, crying, especially because, you know, my husband left me to be with another woman. But I went out and I got so drunk and I danced the night away and I had a great time with my girls. And my girls who celebrated with me were my girls who held my hand when I needed to cry, when I was angry, when I was going back and forth for child support. Like they were there and we celebrated together and it was a, it was a moment that I'll never forget. And after that, um, of course, my last name was changed. I changed my son's last name. I changed my son's last name because um, a lot of people didn't, um, didn't even understand that. And in the beginning, my family didn't even understand. And it was something that I had to pray about. And um, I do believe in generational curses. And um, I just didn't want me or my son to be attached to that last name. And I felt like, you know, I gave his father. I told him I was going to do it months before I did it. I gave him ample opportunity to be in his son's life. Um, I felt like, you know, you just want him to have your last name because your other kids have your last name. You want to look good for the people, but you're not in his life. He doesn't know anybody in your family. He doesn't have any attachments to anyone in your family. He will not carry your last name. My family is has been our village. They help me in the event whenever I need help. My family is there. So he's going to carry on my family's legacy. He's going to have my last name. My son was always taught his last name was Goodwin. And um, when I changed it, that was a big relief for me also. And I had just decided to live. Um, I wasn't going to be sad. Like I said, I wasn't going to be bitter. 
um, you know, it had to, I forgave him for leaving me because I realized that we were not meant to be. We were not good together. If we stayed together, we both was going to be miserable because we were both miserable within our marriage. And um, I was mad at him. I was angry for leaving my son because my son, he knew the issues I had with my father. He knew that I didn't play about that, you know, and um, I was angry also, you know, because he wasn't honest about what he wanted in the beginning. I think that um, it was a lust situation when we got together and I think he had his, I know, you know, he had his own issues that he needed to deal with that he didn't deal with before he married me. So you had two broken people um, in a marriage who didn't even know where to start when it came to getting healed or becoming whole, you know? Um, so it didn't work. It would have never worked because we just wasn't meant to be, you know? Um, in 2018, um, I had started uh, my weight loss journey. I lost all of this weight. And I started, even before I lost the weight, I had started feeling sexy again. I started feeling beautiful. Um, I had started to find out the things that I liked that I didn't know before. Like, oh, I like to do this and I like to do that. Um, I had lost myself in being a wife and being a mother that um, I didn't know who Takiyah was. I never knew who Takiyah was because my whole life I had been chasing love. I just wanted somebody to love me, you know? And God had to show me that all the love that I needed, that I wanted, he gave it to me and my son. There were so many times when my baby would wipe my tears, when he would just hug me. And I'm talking about at two, three years old, you know, he would hug me and tell me that, you know, we're going to be okay. And um, that was the blessing. And all I could do is thank God for, I'm not even going to focus on the heartbreak. I'm going to focus on this blessing that you gave me and being a best mother that um I can be you know I, I've learned that marriage is sacred and when you make that vow when you make those vows you you have to stand by them you know um know who you're marrying before you get married take that time you know they're for you they're always gonna be there take that time to really get to know that person to know their habits talk about things like your finances and your credit and things like that you know there was I wanted him to be a better man and I would suggest certain things and you know he just wouldn't do it he was a procrastinator I wasn't I get an idea I'm just on it I'm doing it and um we just didn't mesh well at all um, I'm grateful for the experience because I've learned so much about love, of course, marriage. I've learned so much about myself and I've grown so much. You know, um, I did have a conversation. We tried to, I tried to repair the relationship between him and his son, which did not work, but, um, or worked for about two weeks, I'll say that. But um, within that conversation, I had um, one night, I was, um, God was working on me about, you know, forgiveness. And I knew that I had to really forgive my father and I had to forgive my ex-husband. And um, I had, I was on Faith uh, Instagram one night and Tyrese's wife, Samantha, she does uh, Miracle Mondays. And for a long time, she was doing it with um, this pastor, Pastor Kim. 
and I made a mistake and hit the live and um because I never watch it and it was definitely by accident and they were talking about forgiveness and Pastor Kim was talking about forgiving her ex-husband the father of her children and you know how until she forgave she felt like God wasn't going to bless her you know and um I didn't want to hold on up my blessings because I'm angry with this man. So I knew that that was God. I knew that was confirmation. And I reached out to him and we had a conversation and I let him know, there's no hate. I'm happy that you, because he ends up obviously marrying the woman um, that he left me for. And I found out last year they had just had a baby. And at first, I would tell you, I didn't take that happy. You know, there when I first saw, I figured he would marry her very quickly. But, you know, the nerve of him not to pay for the divorce or file the papers, but then he gets married right after. Um, so I already knew that was going to happen, but I'm not going to front. I was upset with God because I said, God, he left his marriage. He left his child for another woman, another family, and he gets to remarry you know, and I found that he had the baby. I cried. And because I'm like, he gets to have another baby. He gets to live uh, happily ever after. And I'm here trying to put these pieces together. I'm here trying to figure out how to love. Like, I'm not in no relationship. I feel like I should have been the one that was married with the kid. And I didn't understand it, you know. So I talked to him and I told him how I felt. You know, and I had to let him know, you know, I forgive him, whether you apologize or not. And I had to apologize because there were a lot of things that I said within the marriage, after the marriage. And I knew that I broke his spirit because I wanted to. Like, you going to hurt because you make me hurt. Um, I didn't handle everything in the best way. So I had to apologize for my faults. And um, I congratulated him on his marriage. I congratulated him on his Childs, because I realized we were not meant to be together. You know, we made a mistake. It wasn't supposed to happen. Clearly, you are with the person that you are supposed to be with. And I wish you the best. And I stand on that. When I said it, I meant it. You know, God had opened doors for me. I was able to um, purchase my own home. And I did that for my son. Um, we packed up. I left New York. Um by faith and moved us to uh, Georgia, not knowing how everything was going to turn out. But, um, you know, through my process of healing, I had to trust God. And one thing about trusting God, you don't know which way your life is going to go. But I'm reminded by the Bible and I pick up my word and every so often, there are certain scriptures that I have to read or I have to say out loud. I know that this is working for my good. I know, you know, that, um, you know, that God has my back, that he has my best interest. I know that he loves me. He didn't leave me before. He's not going to leave me now. And I am going to be okay. And a lot of people, you know, some people ask me, like, how did you make it? How did you do this? In the past seven years... I keep saying it is nothing but the grace of God. It just some some these years kind of feel like a blur. And it's like God, I've only made it thus far because of you, the strength that you have given me. Um I am I wear my my D, my divorce letter. I wear it proudly. I am at one point I was, you know, in the beginning and I'm like when it was going towards divorce, I'm like I don't want a divorce, you know, like 
people look at you and you say divorce, they look at you side eye. They look at you like you like you're a failure. And that's what I felt like. I felt like I'm a failure. My marriage failed. I couldn't keep a man. Um, and I didn't want to have that scarlet letter on me. I, I didn't want to. But um, like I said, I trusted God through the process. And I said, God, I would rather be happily single and divorced than to be stuck in an unhappy marriage because I was miserable in my marriage, especially, um, you know, the last, I would say, eight months because, like, right after I had my son, I was miserable. I was lonely. I did not feel loved. I did not feel appreciated. And I couldn't imagine living my life that way. I watched my mom stay in a marriage when I was younger for 10 years to a man that I'm not sure that she even was really in love with. It was just the church that we went to. People were just like, that's your husband. And, you know, I know that she had, you know, been wanting to leave. She took financially. She she kept us afloat. She did it all, you know. Um, we didn't see him buy her gifts and take her places. And, you know, at this time, my mom was young. She was in her tw- late 20s. And, you know, a life was wasted because she didn't want to leave him because it was like, what is the church going to say? What are people going to I've watched people that was at our house every weekend, um, you know, that was cool with my mom and my my stepfather and when they separated I watched my mom kind of go through it by herself um a lot of people felt like they had to to choose sides and they chose his side or they just stayed away and sometimes when a person is going through divorce it's not so much taking sides it's just being there for both parties if both parties need you sometimes it's not a is not saying who's right and who's wrong. It's just saying, what do you need from me in this moment? Even if you were wrong for leaving, I'm going to tell you that you were wrong, you know, but I'm also going to listen and say, okay, you were wrong. How can you fix this? You know, um, it's a complicated situation. It doesn't have to be ugly. Um, you know, sometimes when money is involved and kids are involved, you know, it gets really ugly. It's really painful. And, my healing when it came to to my divorce and my separation um the past few years i had to go through the even currently right now i had to go through things by myself there were things that um i just had to experience alone me and god cuz god had to show me him and going through my divorce that was one of the things that i had to do but when I got that divorce, I felt when I got them papers in the mail, I cried. Um, not the actual papers, but the card to let me know that I could pick up divorce papers. I cried because I was so happy. Like, you know, I get to do this again. This is a beautiful moment. Like, how blessed am I that I get a second chance to do this the right way? So I've shared a little bit of my story, um, and that was just a tidbit. You know, it's so hard to really get into certain details when it's on the podcast because you don't want the podcast can't go on forever. But I shared my story just to encourage someone else. You know, I know what it feels like. You know, I felt like um, a failure. I was embarrassed. Um, I kept saying, what did I do wrong? You know, I wasn't pretty enough, especially because it was another woman involved. So I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't small enough. Um, you know, making up all these, these stories in my head. 
And the truth of the matter is we just wasn't meant to be. And sometimes that's just the case. Sometimes it just does not work. Despite me being divorced, I am not an advocate of divorce. I would never tell any person to leave their marriage. I do not play when it comes to marriage. And I tell everybody that I meet that I do not play with it. It's very sacred. Um, I felt this way when I got married. I honestly thought that I was married in the love of my life. And um, now that I'm older and I've been through so much, you know, I realize otherwise. And um, it's so important that we seek God, you know, especially when you meet somebody asking for the spirit of discernment so that you know that you're marrying the right person. And you're going to go through some things in a marriage. You're going to go through a lot of things. You know, there's going to be plenty of ups and downs. And that's why it's so important to invite God in, to build your marriage on the foundation of Christ and pray together, pray for one another, be each other's covering um, throughout the marriage and um, know what the voice of God sounds like and allow him to direct you, especially during those hard times. So there are times when, you know, I wouldn't have never left my marriage. You know, I I felt like I was able to walk away because I've done everything that I could possibly do. I prayed. I talked to my pastor. Um, I, I um, got a couple's counseling. He just refused to go. I fasted. I did everything that I could possibly do. And I still would have probably kept fighting it until I heard the Holy Spirit um, giving me permission to let go. And that's when I knew that it was okay for me to let go. I felt alone during the process because outside of my mom, there was nobody else that I could really talk to about um, being divorced. And I really didn't open up too much about my mother to my mother because at that time, I still had... Um, you know, underlying issues with her that I didn't realize at the time. So I went through it alone, you know, and I just want to encourage someone that you're not alone. I understand. I am here for you to help guide you through it, to help hold your hand, to help pray you through it. Um, being divorced is not the end of the world. It's such an ugly word, but it doesn't have to be. Um, we look at it as if, you know, you look at a person who's divorced and, and you kind of feel like, you know, you're not worthy. And that is not the truth. The enemy will put so many lies in your head because of your situation. You know, I felt like I was never going to be loved again, um, that I would never be a wife, that I didn't know how to be a wife. And the enemy is a liar. And there were times that I had to let him know that you're a liar. I do not believe you because I believe the word of God. And no, you know, I don't have a ring on my finger. I'm not married yet, but um, I'm in, enjoying the space that I'm in, the, the growth that I'm going through. I, I've learned so much about life. I've learned so much about love and marriage. I've learned so much about divorce and, you know, I had to go through it to be able to help somebody else get through it. So I want you to remember that divorce is not a final destination. It's a beginning to a new journey, and it is so beautiful on the other side. And you might be contemplating divorce. Um, you guys might be talking about it. You might have signed the papers already You're in the process, so you might be newly divorced. And I want you to know that you have support, and you're just stuck in the tunnel right now, and you don't know which way to go. Keep walking. Don't go backwards. Keep going forward. And I know it seems dark. It's lonely. There are going to be some journeys in your life. 
that you're just going to have to travel by yourself. And um, it's just going to be you and God. Nobody else is going to understand. Nobody else is going to get it. Don't be ashamed of the space that you are in. And, of course, I'm not expecting you to, you know, shout from the mountaintop, oh, I'm divorced. I'm going through a divorce. But um, eventually, um, it gets easier. You know, don't sit and, and, and wallow. Don't stay stuck in that tunnel. Keep moving. I promise you when you make it out, you're going to see a beautiful, beautiful rainbow on the other side to greet you. And you are going to walk into the loving arms of your father. And one thing that I always, you know, the devil likes to play with me in regards to being lonely. I think the hardest thing that I had to do was watch my ex love his new wife the way that he didn't love me. And um, that was hard to see, to watch other people see it. That was hard. Um, because there was times when I had to ask myself, you know, like I was angry. Why am I not married? Why don't I have another child? I should be living the life he living. You know what I mean? Um, because he left me. Um, but I'm grateful for the space that I'm in. And, um, I'm just, I'm glad the woman I am today and I wouldn't be the woman I am today if it was not for me going through my divorce because, when I had to heal from that, I thought that was the only thing I was healing from. God opened so many other doors to let me know, okay, we've finished dealing with this area. Now you need to heal this. Now you need to heal this. You need to address this. And it probably wouldn't have happened if I didn't go through my divorce. Um, so when I'm asked, I proudly say, nope, I'm divorced. People are you married? You would? Nope, I'm divorced. And I say it with a smile. Sometimes it throws people off. But I'm proud, you know, it's another chapter in my book. Um, and I'm able to help another woman. I'm able to help another man get through this tough moment because you're not alone. There's so many of us that's out here, so many of us that got through it, that's living life. And most importantly, you will love again. Someone will love you in the way that you are meant to be loved you know sometimes we hang on because it's comfortable it's what we know right and it's in letting go that god god begins to bless us let go trust god trust that he brought you to where you are for a reason he's got you he's got you covered he is in the process of healing that broken heart i know what it feels like to be broken i know what it feels like to feel abandoned but God was with me the whole time, and he is with you too. And I'm going to leave you with this last quote from J.K. Rowling. And so rock bottom became the solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. Somebody out there is at their breaking point. You at your rock bottom. Use your rock bottom to build the life that you are destined to have. Thank you for taking the time to chill with me, to listen to my story. And I hope you come back to catch me for episode five.